Okay, so I'm basically like I have a, I haven't decided on a title. Yeah. But I remember that you were calling dance the D word. Oh yeah, of course, of course, of course. Love that. I love that. <laughs> so that's what I'm like. That's the, the only D-word. one that's kind of sticking. The D word. No, that's really good. Because the thing that I was thinking about today in preparation for I know I was going to talk to you. A lot of people in my life have been saying capital D dance. Like when we're trying to talk about concert dance or something like that, people be like, oh yeah, capital D dance or something like that. And I was like, what does capital D dance mean? So therefore like, and then I was like, what is lowercase D dance? I was like, that's funny. So the D word, the D word. Okay. The D word, the lowercase D, I think is what I want this podcast to be talking about. The D Word dives deep into dance through dirty dialogue with guests from all across the art world. Hey, I'm your host Renata, and welcome to the D Word. The reason this why what? this audio formatted project. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, the reason also why I think it's like super important to start talking about this is because what I started to see with my friends who are performers who aren't dancers. Um, or I guess just in general, what I started to see in the performance world was that it's really separate from the dance world. And it's really separate to choreography, dot, 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 in the expanded field. And I feel like that's kind of awkward because people need to start talking about ephemeral work, one. Mm -hmm. Two, we need to start registering dance in other ways. For instance, this Sarah blah, blah, blah doesn't even... She insisted on having documentation on her pieces, which it's like we're only shooting ourselves in the foot by like not documenting, not archiving, not registering. Again, also I'm just going to say I'm having these first interviews and then I'm going to go back and look at all of these interviews and kind of take away these common denominators to then cultivate what exactly the D word is going to be about. Because right now what I've noticed is A, the bridging of dance and choreography to performance work. Yes. And then B, also kind of like destigmatizing the D word. Um opening up like the exclusivity of the dance world and talking more about like body perception and why it's important that dance just starts to be read in a different light okay so niall and i went to new world school of the arts we um you were a year younger than i yeah and niall was in the theater program yes um and you were best friends with my neighbor who was your neighbor my neighbor my neighbor who was your neighbor Sarah Stanford. Oh, Sarah Stanford. <laughs> um, and um, that is why, I mean, that's not like a part of our origin story, but I do remember I did get a lot of FaceTime with you because of your proximity to her. And we, me and Sarah's couple oh, yeah. to school every day. Yeah, you literally and lived in front of her. Block. Yeah. <laughs> so I forgot about that. that, Sarah. But yeah, um, so we went to high school together. At the time I was studying theater, and I feel like that is, is, I mean, I'm still in contest with what that means, and that's what kind of brought me to dance or the D word, and why I feel like an outsider in the dance world, because, you know, like, I feel like um, dance is a really exclusive art form that if you didn't make a certain type of sacrifice at a certain age and mm-hmm. it made a certain sort of commitment to your body in a certain codified way, like, you don't. If you didn't make that commitment, you, you like you're not invited into that membership club. It feels kind of like and it's there's temporal. a barrier to entry yeah, for and sure. It's like very temporal in a way that most of like the people who are in capital D dance who are like you know and particularly women in capital D dance boys start later. But um, you know it's like an early early commitment. So that does already make 
class exclusions, whatever sorts of exclusions, but it is like you, you have to jump into that pre twenty really of yeah. like, to be con- like you know preteen preteen. I mean, really, to if you want to do capital D dance, if you want to like, do capital D, and then like it's just like and then depending on when you commit, uh, that is when you're allowed to. I feel like that determines what type of dance you. It almost feels like a right. class system, like my whether body, you're yeah. going to be lower case D dance or doing lowercase D dance. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm so bad at sitting cross-legged. I'm really. You're so bad at what? Sitting cross-legged. I have no hip flex mobility. <laughs> Talking about capital D dance, I got this like sitting in this like lotus cross-legged Indian like style, was, like lifted with the butt, and I'm still struggling. Okay, so that's renegotiation. Speaking of committing preteen. No hip, no hip flexor, <laughs> barely can... At New World, when you were studying theater, did you have any kind of um, opinion on dance yet? Um, no, I really didn't think about dance a lot when I was in high school. I knew, like, I was really obsessed with, like, the a term that I really distanced myself from at the time is, like, you know, performance art. Like, I was really interested in experimental theater, opera, and performance art. Like, my senior year project as a theater student was a one woman show about Marina Abramovich. Like I was really into like eighties, nineties performance art, Robert Wilson, like a very white, but like, you know, experimental. um, And how did you, how did you even know of this? Were they teaching you guys this in theater? No, completely not. But I guess it was just like, I don't know where the interest of, Oh my God, what is the origin story of it? I don't know. I was always writing, I was writing plays like in high school um, like pretty much straight plays with dialogue. And then I became really obsessed with trying to abstract that and only writing stage directions. So I write long stage directions and, you know, would read books about modern art and Rauschenberg. And I felt like I always knew, wow. had an interest, an interest in like modern art even okay. as a theater student in high school and always had like, and then I was writing these plays and then I started to abstract these plays and they became physical scores, really like long didactic. And then Really, I figured it out as, you know, one of my plays got produced by our school in the, my junior year of high school oh. for the New Playwrights Festival. And it was this play oh. that I wrote called Neon Signs on Stucco Walls. And it was about my relig- my relationship to religion and my my upbringing. And one of a teacher of ours directed it, Matthew Glass, and he made it. I, I, I remember I, exactly how he looks like. Yeah, and I, I, this play was just like, it was a really sparse. And like, it was just about like these figures praying and like kind of this, like this sort of omniscient figure kind of haunting them. And there's these gestures that I don't think I understood it on the page, but anyway, he directed it. And then I saw in it this like experimental opera that he, he brought his life experience to it. And I saw, I just saw it and I just understood it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is, and that's when I did, I, I just like knew I was into experimental art experimental theater okay and that was always where my interest lied and then dance is like and then i can i can skip some steps and talk about where dance came into the picture but i always was interested in theater and the body and time and that always Mm. brought me to things closer to the d word closer to performance closer to the p word yeah away from and when you accepted your enrollment to north carolina school School of the arts Arts, um Were you still, like, did you know your interest yet yeah. in performance? Okay. Yeah, because I mean, because I, if I'm not mistaken, North Carolina School of the Arts, that's, like, pretty classical. traditional, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. A classical conservatory program. And I think that there was something really, like, speaking to, like, sacrifice, there was something that I found really interesting about going to, like, the most classical of classical mm, actor training programs. Course. And, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, experimental theater schools that I thought were, like, that just lacked rigor. And mm. I liked the thought of, like, going to this place to study, you know, the the canon and do that right. whole thing but in my hearts of heart like i was i was hanging out with someone at the time who was one of my closest friends who taught me a lot about art he was a visual artist okay and um he taught me a lot about my artistic sentiments and he 
was really obsessed with Cooper Union and went off to go to Cooper Union for fine art. And I remember my senior year just being like, oh, I wish I had applied to art school. I should have gone to art school. Like, why am I going to theater school? I should have Wait, gone to so art your school. friend or whatever, he was doing fine arts at North Carolina? He was doing fine arts at New World. And okay. So he taught me a lot about conceptual art. And I feel like so at that moment in time, like, I felt like, um, and you know, this is a lot of like, you know, being stoned and walking around my beach late at night, sneaking out of our house and admiring architecture or talking about, you know, we were obsessed with Matthew Barney at the time. He was really obsessed with Matthew Barney who taught me all about like how, you know, performance, the ex- ex- performance and the expanded field could be based in sculpture and, you know, completely like mind boggling. Through the lens of film. Yeah. That yeah. Kind of, so like, you know, was teaching me like, you know, so that was really influential to like my aesthetic and, you know, the wow. things that I learned. And then like, I became obsessed with like the Watermill Center, like, you know, and Robert Wilson's work, like Robert Wilson, I really did latch on to as like my understanding of like, oh, I desire to make theater with a capital T, but look at how theater with a capital T can look. Because I really, I, the only reason I still identify as a theater artist is because there's a grandeur that the theater can hold that only auteur dance makers get to play with in scale. Mm-hmm. Like, I really have a desire to, you know, play with scale and stagecraft in a way that that's what I love. Like, I love seeing Broadway shows even to this day when I'm sad and lonely, I'll go see a Broadway show because there's something about, like, even though content-wise I'm not really obsessed with it, but I love watching a big set piece fly in from the sky and, like, fall on stage, like, nothing compares to that feeling. Yeah. So that's why I still call myself a theater artist, but then like, you know, dance, so, you know, went to classical theater school, kind of struggled, but was always making these performance pieces. That was the language I was using at the time. Often like, you know, based off of something textual, but I was making these choreographic things like, you know, we had a really great mask program at school. So we were doing oh. a lot of like clowning and lecoque mask work and physical theater work at school okay. by a master clown teacher, Robert Francis, Robert Francis Sconey, who taught me a lot about like, physical theater, how to express character through the body, clowning, sort of like, you know, body composition. A lot of his, and we had dance classes like jazz and like tap dance classes and like, you no know, theater S dance classes. So, mm-hmm. and a lot of stage combat, sword fighting, hand in hand combat. So my school was very physical wow, in a way that I was like, that. so like we were always doing really like, they trained sword like classical, fighting. like classical actors to do like plays that don't even exist anymore. Like they were training us to be like Russian actors in the 1800s who were doing like, Shakespeare and Chekhov and rep like we have to do accents and sword fighting and you have to be dexterous and you have to like to be like a classical stage actor okay but none of those skills are really necessary to be an actor in like the 21st Today. century so right. that was always like and I think that that's why I never really fit with the whole tv thing and had this desire like this big physicality and this sort of like expressiveness and performativity that was cultivated through that training that contemporary acting actually had no space for so that's why that's I started so interesting stuff contemporary acting is not about the body anymore like i think film is a very disembodied medium mm. stage acting is a very embodied medium like, you can't be a stage actor even doing shakespeare and not have a relationship to your body like oh like i learned God. how to speak shakespeare in verse as like speaking verses like embodied poetry like really like verse speaking and speaking shakespeare's canon that takes the whole body your whole instrument to channel your breath and to stay on verse and to speak like i learned how to like speak Absolutely. classical text like a like a dancer, like an athlete. And that's not what contemporary acting, television acting is about. It's so ironic. That's super interesting. I think like I can understand now like what everything, because for me, Niall, like I remember, I mean, apart from the fact that you were Sarah Stanford's neighbor, (laughs) I remember I've had like aha moments with you in my memory where I think one of the first aha moments was like, I don't even know. Maybe we weren't in this. 
<laughs> but there was this like there was I think you were there was like a play that was happening during um Spirit Week. Okay. That like it was like you and Spencer Bing and Dylan Guerra and Danny Chavariaga. Were you in it? It was not during Spirit Week. It was during the New Playwrights Festival. I, was it a play? Okay, what were we doing in this play? Because I remember being in a play with those exact those three people. Like I know. I, I hope that I'm right. I hope that you were in it. But like at the end, it was like, Dad, brother. It was like a, it. It was during Spirit Week. It was like something funny. And we were outside at the at Bayside. Yeah. Okay. And was it someone playing a dinosaur? No. I don't remember. Okay, I don't remember either, but okay. But so it was. Again. But for me, in my memory, it was like it was like one of those chips where I was like, "Holy shit, Niles." Niles, like, there's something inside of Niall. And then, this is also what I told you at the Anonymous Gallery, the second kind of thing that happened to me was when I saw that you uploaded um, the photo of yourself on the floor and you're, like, completely covered in red. Mm -hmm. This is when Donald Trump was elected. Elected, Yeah, the election, 2016. And I remember, uh uh-huh. Was that a performance that you did? Yeah, in a way, yeah. I remember, okay. Yeah. yeah, it was a performance, yeah. Yeah, well, I remember seeing that again, and then just kind of, like, catching up on your whole um, life at Watermill. Mm-hmm. I think, like, all of these things kind of just reassured the fact that, like, even back at New World, I could see that you also had, like, a similar eye. Context, like, also being a dancer and, like, being in the capital D concert world, there's also a part of me that, like, strived to to do it the classic way and to be like a part of like to be a technical dancer yes and at the same time all of my best friends were in fine art so i was yes i was like doing ballet and all this shit but like where i was really getting where i was really forming my identity as a dancer was taking dance composition classes hanging out with the jazz kids and hanging out with my fine art friends (laughs) so it was literally kind of like the same thing where i'm like trying to confront this intersection between dance the capital d world and also like i guess performance because that new world they didn't teach a shit about performance no conservative it doesn't exist in conservatories because of this, the nature of the disciplines like the sort of harsh silos of the disciplines performance like inherently falls in the cracks because it is the thing that crosses all disciplines to talk about it would like destroy the sort of like the notion of how they're organizing their whole school it's like holy shit like performance is this is this super obscure thing that i feel people don't know how to see it people don't know how to put a price tag on it people don't know how to talk about it and it's like absurd i think the thing that could really bridge all of these things together of like theater and dance and performance is the body yeah. Is body composition. And yeah. body composition's the last thing we're talking about. To see a sculpture, it's a prerequisite to understand your body. Like you don't you don't see the David in the Vatican with your eyes. You're understanding it with your body. You're understanding its proximity, its proportions, blah blah blah. I mean subconsciously you're like comparing the sculpture to your body. Yeah. But then we have like all of these sculptors and painters selling their canvases for $25,000. But, you know, maybe they have that, you know, intuitive sense of like, you know, body awareness. Because I don't think you can, I mean, some do and some don't. The good ones do. The good ones do. I guess. I'm not going to that institution, but I feel like good sculpt, the good artists working in three dimensional space understand three dimensional space. Therefore, they, they have a different understanding of their body than we do, but they have to have some sort of intuitive knowledge of three dimensional space in order to like, to work in the medium, but it's a different, I mean, it's different than how we think about them. This is true, but I'm just saying, imagine if 
Yes, every fucking we talk like a dance class or like not even saying like a Feldenkrais somatic like. Holy shit! Like imagine if like the department of sculpture at Yale required you to take dance competition or yeah. I mean, and they yeah, it would be like really um, important, um, and I think that. But you know what I'm more interested in is like you know. No artist, there's a handful of artists who I feel like who I've known who have come out of like the different arts institutions, like arts educational institutions that I've been a part of that work explicitly in the medium that they were trained in. So like, I feel like what I would argue as opposed to like a sculptor taking an elective dance class is arts conservatories collapsing all discipline structures. And it is, I mean, you, there has to be some prerequisites, but like really like, you know, Black Mountain College, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like yeah. really like a disciplineless institution where all you know all you know subjects are taught and you can pick and choose a palette because like you know i wish i could have taken sculpture classes alongside learning how to speak shakespeare and take you know a merce cunningham class and like also like you know a painting class and right now there is no institutions except i guess like the liberal arts sort of um thing and then they don't have the depth of artistic knowledge that that's why we go to conservatories to work with you know masters and experts that traditionally are not in arts programs at liberal arts schools but you know that would be my approach but i agree like i think that my god i don't know which one's more detrimental i don't know if it's like better to like i think the body's the most important that's why we work with the body like the the body is the most important thing like if there's going to be one thing like not every artist across the face of the world needs to be in a 3d woodshop class but every artist working could benefit from some sort of somatic body-based practice not even speaking of like artists or conservatories it's like Mm -hmm. in general in general yeah body in general dance whatever you want to call it the d word whatever Mm -hmm. we really need to start thrusting dance or movement early on in education because uh, it's just so it's so reversed the way that we have it it's like oh head and mind over body where it's like i feel like the problem like starts with the dance world the capital d dance world because what they're looking for are skinny bodies and sharp lines and fast turners and all of these things that are there to kind of like please the eyes whereas like that already is diluting the purpose of dance like when i think back on new worlds and i think back about first of all like my experience at new worlds was literally just whatever but when i think back about how i had dance teachers telling me whether they thought i was a good dancer or not that's literally so insane because it's like fuck all of you like everybody can dance and it doesn't even like there's no right or wrong on how to dance and we have like the dance world that's really making it so exclusive so gatekeepy where it's like the values are all fucking twisted. Which is why, like, when you go see Romeo and Julia at the theater, who's in the audience? It's either the second cast <laughs> or the family members of the ballerinas. Yes. Or, like, old white people that just want to see Romeo and Juliet. It's, like, so gatekeepy, so exclusive, and people don't know how to register dance. Like, people don't know how to... And this is something that I see in my work where it's, like... Yes, the the basis of it is choreography in the expanded field, and perhaps it's in the form of video sculpture, but at the end of the day, like what my pieces are doing is making you feel your body. Yeah. And I noticed this in the last group show that I was in, I was like with a bunch of sculptures and painters, and like 
everybody felt was just so uncomfortable when they saw my piece. Like I could tell that people felt like really like a fish out of water. And it was because I was turning on their fucking body. And like they immediately would feel uncomfortable and they would just walk out and then they would go over to the most colorful thing in the room or the shiniest sculpture in the room. And like that right there is the problem and it goes into so many other things so going back to the dance world it's like it's fucked up because now we have we've insulated the dance world to this like very exclusive gatekeepy community so nobody can go in people are fearful of what dance is like when i go to a party and i'm like let's go dance and people are like no no no, i don't dance it's like wait who conditioned you to say that though because I can't even imagine this world if we all just started to dance more. Like, we would have less anxiety. We would have less mental illness, I hope. People would probably feel more comfortable being intimate. People would perhaps... I don't know. I think communication would be a lot more clear, too, if people were a little bit more connected to their body. Um, There'd be less wars. No more poverty. There would be... Fuck you. (laughs) But no, I feel... But for real. Yeah, like... um, And then I think also that would, like, avalanche into... Like, why this dance... Like, you even said it, like, if you didn't get into it, if you didn't devote yourself preteen, you're out. (laughs) It's like, why is dance so... It's, like, literally, like, so fucking hard to be a dancer, and yet they are probably the least paid in the world. I mean, in in the performance art and fine art world. Okay, going back to, like, you being like, I'm going to go to the most classic university and, like, do Shakespearean plays and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It's like... Yeah, that's not applicable anymore. Like, it's not going to translate on fucking Instagram. I'm not going to lie. I think if we took away all of the elements of the drones and the punk gothic opera and the fog machine. We just had the body. And we just had the body. I don't say this is the most, you know, choreographic for probably not. No, I don't. I don't know if it would be so. That's why I think that we call that performance art and we don't call that dance. And that's why I think it is presented like as much as I hate the sort of division of the institutions, like what it seems like she's pushing forward is a, a material offering that is activated by the body. And that's why it's in a museum, because, yes, if you stripped it, the work of all of its material furnishings, that is the work. So that's why it's that's why it is in dance. But, you know, I still think that dance artists, like, you know, deserve to be presented. And it's just about, like, I think that, like, I think that more so, yeah. I feel like dance artists deserve to be in museums because dance artists, like, museums are the institutions that we have built to honor and respect artists. So to be excluded from museums feels like the deepest cultural disrespect. And I don't want a dance museum. I mean, I do want a dance museum, but that's oh what I God. think hurts my feelings more about it. Hurt my like, feelings. It does hurt my feelings to be excluded <laughs> from the fucking, you know, the cultural institutions that are meant to preserve my legacy. <laughs> yeah, that fucking stinks. But, but, I, but it's like, who? I don't know dancers that are interested in performing in museums. Like, you, me. But who's talking about us? Okay, but literally here. just us. That's like, not, okay, yeah. <laughs> but this is my point. Is that like all of the, That's why we do lowercase d dance. Why are they separate? Like they sh- they they cannot be separate. And like money, capitalism. 
like having a tangible square i get it it's like for the psyche it's like more comprehensible where it's like okay this is a tangible item i'm gonna buy it but it's like capital d dance is just i'm i'm just like I mean, capital D dance is a dead space. Like, that's what I feel like. What what doesn't make me, though I feel excluded from capital D dance and, like, those are the institutions that are supposed to be... I guess, like, that's what hurts about being a performance is it feels like I feel neglected by all the institutions that have been put into place to sort of proliferate my artistry. Like, I know capital D dance organizations are not going to want to work with me. Do I care about capital D dance? No. But they're not going to want to house me, you know theater my work has gotten too choreographic to be held in the theater or like nurtured by theater spaces i'm not making material material (laughs) things that are you know tangible enough to be held by museums so then i just feel neglected and i think that that's what upsets me about the sort of the sort of how it shakes down more than anything else but capital d dance is a dying thing like i don't think it exists anymore like it really doesn't and that's what doesn't that's why i'm not so anxious about like redefining capital d dance and being accepted by them because Ugh. i just don't really care to be yeah, but yeah, yeah. it just feels like a dead space it feels like rotting flesh like it feels like so much of the dance space is like the capital d dance space is built off of reconstructions like how how many like jose limon whatever like it's like weird like it is like so much caught in the past in a way that like is scary and like no thing that is making alive like the whole entire point of dance is about liveness so to for our big capital d dance institutions to be so primarily concerned with the preservation of old works is antithetical to the it's... actual medium itself and is makes it therefore a dying medium oh, but and, and how many people are we really talking anymore. about like you know there's kyle abraham there's folks you know chamel piss there are people working in capital d dance who are doing exciting things but most know. of the artists who i think about i'm not thinking about a lot of like cutting edge capital d dance choreographers like what? I, it's such Everyone a who I know who I like most of the people everyone's working in what we define as lowercase d dance and it feels like we're actually outnumbering the folks who are in our generation who are committed to capital D dance that so much though that it feels like not a concern to me because I feel like capital D dance is about to topple over and die or if not already dead oh but God, at the same time so lowercase d dance is like you know Lorkey's D dance was born out of the 80s and 90s. I mean, it wasn't born out. It was born all over the world. This is going to be a very, like, Western thing I'm about to okay, say. Okay, so okay, okay. really not. Crazy. Like, <laughs> so much of, like, you know, like, yeah, like, what I was taught about lowercase D dance or what we know, downtown dance, lowercase D, lowercase D, double D, <laughs> lowercase D, lowercase D dance. Yeah, so lowercase D in dance is downtown. That's cute. But, yeah, but downtown dance, you know... <sighs> That can't be nurtured in New York anymore. It can't exist here. So, even though downtown Big Case D dance is dead, it's Lower so Case dead. D dance is having it's a hard so time dead. here because it's Ugh. the most expensive place in the world to live. And like even here, but across the world, it's like so expensive to fucking live. But it's also like it's the fucking word dance. It's the D word that's catching all. It's fucking everything up. Is the word dance? Like I, I feel. But we have to own it. We have to. I'm Do we about know? A lot. Yes. Like, I've been thinking about this a lot this week in particular. Okay. That like you know. I'm starting, I'm going to start saying shamelessly that I make dances and that I'm a choreographer. I'm just going to start just like fucking saying it because it's, because it's not untrue. Just because some old capital D dance people are going to be like, you don't know how to do counts are going to like come at, like, that's just not, I make dance. Like I fucking make dance. I made dance all my life. Okay. Love. Like, absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting to call it that much. I feel like capital D dance was a thing, obviously, because we didn't have, we didn't have. We didn't have screens, we didn't have Instagram, we didn't have all of these things. And so for you to sit down in a theater and see dance and... 
be synchronized in the opera or in the theater with the orchestra and the dancers and everything like that in itself was that like ephemeral work back in the day was so exciting because we didn't have screens but now that we're in 2021 the screens can also act as choreographers right like TikTok, for instance, like cut and cut and cut and drag, like the way that you're editing your video or the way that you're editing whatever, that's also choreography in the expanded field. Like the camera takes the space or the responsibilities of a choreographer. Unison. I I think that we really need to abolish unison. I mean, I love watching large groups of people do very subtle things in unison. Stop. You're not going to tell me flash mobs don't turn you on. The, Shut poten- the potentiality of a flash mob, yes, but I don't know. I there's something that I hate more than <laughs> like watching nine dancers try to do a complicated phrase unison on H. It makes it look like a fucking college recital. Oh my cannot God. Do I'm sorry. Unison. Like, I mean, yes. People okay. Are unison. See. Are yes, but like I just feel like. Okay, well, also, this is something that I wanted to say. Ballet, like, in unison. Like, I mean, there's nothing against complexions because they're fierce, but, like, there's something about watching dancers try to be in unison and not be in unison that make me want to die. There is something so transformative to the metabolism when you see 40 dancers on stage in yes. unison. Oh, of course. Without a doubt. And that is really hard to fucking do. It's impossible. It's not impossible. I feel like it's impossible. It, I've never, that's what Capital D Dance was. I mean, yes. And I feel like because I, maybe I'm only watching Capital D Dance now and like the sort of residual oldness of it, but I haven't seen good unison since I saw the peanut bounce reconstruction at oh my god listen go on youtube and just do flash mobs like flash mobs are so there is something there's something that happens there's something watching flash mobs online like recently honestly i think like i should just start doing flash mobs in performance i think like for me as a choreographer that's what turns me on the most is seeing it's like being in unison like being in synchronization in the whole theater with everybody like i can just orgasm and cry at the same time because i'm just like I don't like it that it's like a phenomenon to experience like so much synchronicity happening at the same time. Like I think the potential for I guess I just haven't seen enough successful. Oh my god. I'm not I don't I'll I'm not s- discouraging it as a concept. I just have never successfully like seen, seen it. it executed. D dance is dying. I guess Capital D dance needs to die. You, well no, but what I'm hearing from you is you seem like you want to reimagine and re enliven Capital D dance and you want your work to be to be held by that canon? I I want a new capital D dance. Like, I think, like, it goes back to us being more body conscious and us kind of, like, talking more, like, destigmatizing dance and learning dance and doing dance. Like, being more involved in movement. If we were to be more engaged with movement, I would want capital D dance to innovate itself and kind of take a new presence in, in that, like, everybody can be turned on by a flash mob. But yes. the reasons why nobody's interested in capital D dance is because of the values and like what we're trying to s- Pina Bausch has this amazing quote where she says it's not the way you move but it's what moves you yes of course yes. and it's that's exactly what dance is I was thinking about why I have been thinking less about unison lately is because I've been on a big improvisation kick which I know it's getting over no, in the dance sorry game. I didn't mean to say oh my god like the, that in the lowercase d dance improvisation is like it's running amok <laughs> okay what do you have to say about improv um, just that it's been like a really important compositional technique for me and that's what's taking me away from unison. But at the same time, like, I think that unless you're rig- very rigorously crafting improvisational scores like Ishmael Houston Jones or like really doing that, like, I think that that, I don't think that, you know, 
improvisation is choreography in the expanded field because it's not choreography. It's, I mean, but you know, it is, it can be choreography. What are your methods of improv? Do you record yourself when you improv? Hardly ever, no. Oh, see, that's I don't like watching myself dance. I don't like watching myself talk. I don't like watching myself back. Like, PV, you're an actor and a performer. I know, and I hate watching myself. I can't do it. I don't ever watch myself dance because I am disgusted with my body. Like, I also, like, I hate how my knees work. Like, I have no plie because I have weird knees. And, <laughs> and you know, like, it's just, like, those little things. But, you know, improvisation for me is, like, you know, I, I don't have good dance. I'm afraid that if I speak on it, I'll out myself for not being a D-word D- person because it is about spirituality, musicality, and vibe. Musicality. Uh, musicality. Musicality. Musicality is really important. That's the only sort of concrete thing I can really okay. respond to. And then, why well, I say spirituality, because I don't really like... No, absolutely. Like you just catch a vibe, and like you just feel like... Absolutely. It's just chasing a feeling of connectedness and flow. It's with, a stream of consciousness. Yeah, and like, for me, that's just when I feel like, and like, you know, cultivating my improvisational practice is trying to figure out how to shortcut myself to find that sense of flow and that sense of transcendence. I don't have really concrete techniques in my in my mind or in my in my body to achieve that, except like all of the sort of different practices that inform me. Like I was talking about clowning and all these different sorts of things that like those sorts of things. But yeah, and then in regards to improvisation, like I only like I, I can only imagine because I know that you exist in like commercial modeling and different things like that where they're like just dance. Like I'd be I'd be mortified if someone just like and, like a client was just like. Oh my improv god. for me. Like, you that's have no idea. Demonic. Like, that's demonic. I only improv, like, you know, I feel like I only work with, like, you know, my processes are often just like, you know, yeah, building trust with a group of collaborators and improvising together, but doing it enough such that we are building trust with each other and then we can sh- work to sharing it in front of an audience. And, like, sometimes, you know, my collaborators are doing things that I can't even speak on. Like, you know, things that I can't even, I couldn't prompt them into this. I can't. Because really, you're inexplicable. Hard time, yeah, and I have a hard time even giving notes sometimes because I'm like, it's more about me trying to figure out how I can make you most comfortable to do your thing. And we come together week after week and we rehearse together and we rehearse together and then we present it. But in that way, it makes me feel like I'm not a capital D dance choreographer because I'm not like, because when you f- do that thing and you have to lift up from your pelvis and you go, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, no, but no, you have to go, one, die. you have to really like, <laughs> I'm not really like shaping moments no. like that. Yeah, no. So that, so I feel that's what makes me feel like not a choreographer, but I'm instigating people to move and to come together. So in that way, I do feel like a choreographer. But that's my thoughts about improvisation. But I do feel like, you know, it is gimmicky. Like, I think we're in this weird, like, sort of, like, post-Batsheva moment where, like, oh improvisation has become, like, it got really weird. It's oh, really weird. my it, it God. Is, it remains weird, but it got kind of weird oh. post-Gaga Batsheva. Oh. Also, like, because that style of improvisation, too, like, my because oh. of the person, like, I feel like so much of how I, I perform is, like, it's always for the audience. Like, I feel like I'm very, like, always, like, playing with my distance and my emotional and psychological distance from an audience. Well, that's friends. funny because you don't even there. record yourself. Because I feel it. I don't need to see it. I feel it. Okay. No, but, but I'm saying it in this way that I feel like when you record yourself, that's, like, a way that you can activate a, a substitute of an audience. But I guess... I do go on, like, you know, the, when I, my best times... So I go on Instagram Live a lot. I dance a lot on Instagram Live. Oh, is that what you do when you're on live? Yeah. I, I see you go on live all the fucking time. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, what is my talking studio, about? I do a little dance. Ooh, I, Instagram that, Live improv is a good idea. I can hold myself accountable. 
and like I like that. I never mm. saved the lives though. I sometimes I say oh, ephemeral with a capital E. Exactly. So You're that's why such I never watch But it does give me that sense of an audience. It gives me that sense of an audience because people trickle in and they trickle out. But I feel very accountable because I'm Ooh, on that. live for, in theory, thousands of people. But you know, what ends up being tens of tens of people. But nonetheless, it makes me very accountable. I'm not so interested in the watching back. But you know, we do perform differently when there there's eyes on us. Yeah. So that's that's my like studio flow. But okay. Um, but I want to make a dance. I made a couple dances that have been very meticulously like choreographed. Choreographed. And okay. the next piece I'm trying to make is doing that. I have a. I'm like I'm in my dance years. I'm hating my dance. Like I really. Niall. Yeah, okay. I have a dance coming out. I have a. Oh. I have a concert dance coming out of me. Like, yeah. It's like <laughs> my next piece is like a big mascot concert dance with these big mascots being like these like very pedestrian these shapes but it's just very just like meticulously choreographed and like what's between a nude body and a mascot character like doing a lot of like unison and um making fun of the dramaturgy of a concert dance that has no emotional narrative arc it only builds up to a finale but it has no like concert dance like the sequences in concert dance have no sense of like and like climax and (laughs) blah 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 blah. yeah like the finale gets like kind of bigger but it's just kind of like more produced yeah you see the triplets come out and then you have a solo and then you have the pas de deux and then you come in like weird formal yeah like even in the nutcracker it's like the arabian dancers and like the sugar plum like they're all always at the same level that it all just kind of becomes anticlimactic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's no like narrative art like, that makes you feel like, fulfilled because like, it doesn't, it's like there's not one through line. There's like these little Lego pieces side by side. It's a like, recital. It's a recital. <laughs> I saw a show today <laughs> like, and beat the units was out of sync and it made me think, and it was a really esteemed choreographer who I don't want to say on here because I respect him a lot as an idea, but the show felt very much like a bad college dance recital because it was like, that's just what it was giving. It was like a psych, like, a colored psych backdrop yeah. and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like did you ever take class with Kyle Abraham at New World no you know he was teaching in the dance department really he taught he taught that's, us like a couple of guest classes that's interesting maybe that's why I knew his name I've always known his name yeah that's before. probably why because he walked the eighth floors before I knew who he was I was like I felt like I knew who he was when you're seeing the body like slow and simple less is more because when less is more you allow more moments for the body to be inside of the music not not before or after the music and i feel like with gaga like something that i get so confused about with gaga is that like granted ohad thank you for by the way he's my birthday twin shout out that's deep that's deep but thank you for thank you for developing an, a language, a movement language yes. that we're all now starting to talk, right? Like, yes. Ohad is a revolutionary. We can see it all across the world that dancers are now excited to start dancing in ways that were once forbidden, you know? Like, we were never really taught or ex- or allowed to, I don't know, to dance the way that Feel fucking... Your body, yeah. yeah. Anyways, going back to improv methods, like, another reason why I wanted to start doing the D-word is because... When I was improving, I have my own methods of improv that, like, I have been able to refine over the years. And I think for me, honestly, improv is, like, one of the things that kind of, like, saved my life in terms of really honing in that I am a choreographer and a performer. Because for me, improv was, like, a safe space where nobody could tell me if I was a good dancer or not. Because at New World, like, my whole life, like, dance has gone really well. Any audition, like, I, and it was kind of like, oh, like, that worked. Like, it was kind of like my dance teachers didn't 
from day one, my dance teachers never believed in me because my behavior was always inconsistent. And like yeah. dance teachers only want a consistent bitch that's going to have an eating disorder, honestly. So for me, improv was like kind of like my, um, it was the, the only thing that like allowed me to really believe in myself and, and, and be like, yeah, I, I, I mean, whether I'm a good or bad dancer, it doesn't even matter, but I can move. And like, that's, what's fucking important. So when I was, when I had COVID over the winter break right now, I was like in my sister's attic and I'm like trying to do all of my different methods of movement or improv that come from like Gaga and like all these things. And then I was just like, I'm so bored of like improv. So like, just turn, I'm just bored. And that's why I wanted to see if you had any of your own methods like no I was something that just came up to me like I think a lot about architecture when I dance okay like I feel like when I am, I'm improvising a lot of the stimuli I'm getting is from musicality and from architecture like I can like literal buildings the space that I'm in the okay. space that my body's in like the feng shui of the site specific yes right and okay like, I can think a lot about like yeah, I'm imagining, like, different lines being cast from different points in the room, and I'm okay. imagining, like, mm. I'm like, oh, the slope of this wall is making me feel, like... Beautiful. Oh, because the wall is, like, kind of bah, bah, bah. and then you're, like... So I think a lot about, like, yeah, responding to the room. Beautiful. As if, like, you know, sometimes you can think of, like, as if, like, you know, energy is being proposed from the different sort of points of the room and sort of, imp- like, inspiring my body to move. But, like, I feel like that's what I thought about a lot that's when I was ex- in that show at Judson Church, like, dancing there, like, every day really... And that work really used the room we built the show in the room itself. And like, okay. I would not dance like that if I was in a different room because I was inspired by the shape of the room. And like the bigness of the room also inspired how I moved. I would not, if I was yes. dancing in a really small room, I would dance completely differently. And that's the whole, and like that's the whole phenomenon of dancing, right? Like our body as a vessel of reactionary, the body as a vessel of reactionary and archival phenomenon. Like it, it's so important like the site specific like it's also it's almost like a marriage between the body and the space that we're in of course like and it's so wild to me when i see like dancers like dancing in the corner of their fucking apartment in covid and i'm like how are you dancing that sounds there awful. Like, yeah i cannot i can't that's why my dance practice is really followed dancing in my home setting like to pers- to perceive the way that your body is perceiving is like exactly what the phenomenon of body composition is if that makes sense like like i don't know like um phenomenology like it's it's literally to like go into a room and to just see what is already there and you can already you can see what's already there through the body yes (sighs) whatever it doesn't matter um let's talk about your malcolm your judson performance yeah. because you guys improved for a long ass time yeah, about like 70 ish minutes 75 minutes 75 yeah I like was just the improv part or the, was that the whole, the whole running show, time the whole of the show, piece the whole run time of the piece was about 75 minutes well you guys were improving for what 30 minutes i mean the whole show is improvised so the whole show i guess there's that one section i wasn't in when golden the vulgar comes in but the whole show is improvised so i feel like the whole oh well i was thinking more of like i know I mean, it was really obvious at the oh, first yes, part. part. And then we had the solos. We each had a solo. All improvised, but yeah. So what was, like, the structure? What was the improvisational structure for you guys in the first, like, 30 minutes? The first 30 minutes? Um, Malcolm just was thinking about... Malcolm has his idea of arrival, like, that he, that he talks about a lot in his work about, like... Arrival? Arrival. Like, the mm-hmm. first beginning of the score being, like, yeah, just, like, 
for lack of a better word, warming up, but how do you okay. land in the space? Like, like a prelude. You, a prelude. Like, how do? You, what do you need? What does your body need in order to fully show up in the space? Like, that's mm. my natural section. I'll stretch or I'll do, you know, colloquial. Wow, colloquial you body see? Thing. But yeah, so it was about arrival and just like landing in the space and like really just like, you know, functional. And then, and then it kind of, and then we had like, you know, kneeling, standing. He was like, compositionally speaking, we were just playing with like kneeling, standing, like and levels. lying down in levels. Okay. That's how it started. And then, arrival with each other and then arrival individually and then arriving with each other and figuring out where we are with each other and that kind of just I don't know playing dancing with my is like playing tennis we never are in unison and we never neither of us I think about this a lot in our dance neither of us have like really big contact improvisational backgrounds okay. so we don't touch each other at all when we, yeah, dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we dance alongside each other <laughs> but never like with each other yeah, which is like yeah, yeah. really something that I, I can demonize or find charming, but that's just like part of our thing. Well, and honestly, now that you're saying it, I never even noticed that you guys never touched each other because I think perhaps like you're energetically, we're like energetically, you guys were so we're together. There. And then that that's what the score is about, like finding each other, and that just like you know that just kind of we have our, we've been dancing together for two years, and like you know we just have our. We have, like, these things that we've developed. And we have, like, this circle step that I just know. Like, Malcolm, we, like, kind of juke each other. It's, like, this juking kind of circle step thing. And it's just about, like, finding each other and just, like, warming up my body. And it's just, like, being, like, oh, what does my arm feel like? Like, oh, let me try to do something spastic. Like, oh, that's where my body is. And just finding each other. And then... Let me try to do something spastic. Yeah, I'm like, oh, well, that's what my back feels like today. And then it's just kind of, like... And then it's just about, like, yeah. Well, how was it performing and rehearsing in such a... Oh, it was so great. It was great. Was that your first time performing in Judson? No, I've performed there like three times. Yeah, you've performed there a lot. Bitch, your resume, I can't, but... No, I feel like Justin is lucky now, but it was really great. Like, Malcolm, it, like, really takes care of, like, us, and, like, it's just really about, like, yeah, the practice is about taking care of each other, and just, like... But, yeah, so, you know, it was a good process. It's just about, like, yeah, finding out how to support each other, and then there's cues in between it, and, you know, functional things. Like, this solo is about taking your clothes off. Like, I have a solo in the show where, like, it's about, like, I do this violent act towards him, and it's kind of about... Yeah, it's about shedding, and just like the the task was just like taking my clothes off. How can I take my clothes off in about four minutes? Okay, that was like my solo, and you know, yeah, we don't. I How did like, you feel about? Did you guys just perform it once? We just performed it once. We rehearsed it for about two weeks. How did you feel about like per- that process of performing for two weeks and performing doing it once? Sorry, like rehearsing just, two weeks. It's just so normal. I mean, I feel like I Ugh. feel okay about it, but it's just like it's sad. Like the the one night only sort of thing is just kind of like the the field right now. Five. Yeah. The D word is sponsored by Secretary of State. Guys, this podcast is brought to you by the best platform ever, Anchor FM. I literally love using Anchor. It's so simple and user-friendly. And all I have to do is just with one click, my episode is magically distributed onto my third parties, i.e. Apple and Spotify. And the best thing about Anchor is that they literally pay you. As soon as you get an X amount of listeners, they start to cha-ching into your account. So we love you so much, Anchor. Thank you. Kisses.